Hi, Rain, and welcome to the first episode of The Greek Geek, a podcast dedicated to all things to do with biblical Greek. Now, I am your host, Christian. I am your resident Greek geek. I'm not presenting myself as an expert on the language, merely presenting myself as someone who loves the language and wants to share about it. And there's a lot to look at and a lot of wonderful things that we're going to learn together about biblical Greek. But uh, before we do that, we're going to dive in with the very first word we started this podcast with, the word kyrain, the word kyrain. It is an infinitive that is used to express greetings, to be joyful. So rejoice, be glad, kyrain. And that would have been a normal way of greeting someone back in the day of Jesus to go up to someone and say kyrain or to write it in a letter. We find a couple examples of that word kyrain being used that way. One in Acts chapter 15, verse 23, when the Jerusalem council writes to the Gentile believers, they say, greetings, kyrain. And then later, when Claudius writes to Felix, the governor, he says, greetings, or kyrain. So once again, we'll start out with simply saying to you, kyrain. And now you've learned some biblical Greek. Go out and tell your friends, kyrain. Today, in this first episode of The Greek Geek, I want to share a little bit about why I love the Greek language and what it means to me and why I got interested in studying it and then wanted to share more about it. It all goes back to 1986. I had gotten saved then. Uh, just in January of that year, I had given my life to Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I had moved to Dayton, Ohio to live with my parents for a few months before going to college. I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to go to college for. I knew I wanted to do something with the Bible, but I wasn't exactly sure what I would do. Well, one day I was sitting there at the house in Dayton. My folks were gone. They were out doing the work, and I had some time before I went into my work, and there was a knock at the door. And I went to the door, and I opened it up, and there were two ladies, an older lady and a younger lady, and they were both carrying Bibles. This was unprecedented, at least to me. I didn't know people went around door to door carrying Bibles and talking to people. And I got very excited because as a new Christian, I was eager to talk about the faith. And these ladies introduced themselves and asked if I'd be willing to talk about the Bible. So I invited them in. I said, please sit down and uh, I'll get my Bible. Well, you can guess, I think, where this is going. It turned out that they were something known as Jehovah's Witnesses. The older one seemed to be someone who regularly went out and did this, and the younger one seemed to be someone that was being mentored by the older one. So the older one took the lead. And as we began to talk, somehow the conversation shifted to who Jesus is, who Jesus was. And it became clear to me that they did not believe that Jesus was actually God in the flesh. And they said, well, can you show us that in the Bible? And I said, well, I think so. And I, I had read through the New Testament by that point, and I, I grabbed my Bible and I opened it up to John chapter 1, verse 1, where it reads, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Of course, in that passage later, it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and then John makes it clear that this is Jesus. So I said, well, obviously, according to verse 1, Jesus is God in the flesh. And these ladies got this knowing smile, and they said, well, the King James is generally a, a pretty good translation, but it made a mistake there. And I said, a mistake? Yes, they said, there is no definite article before the word God in verse 1. 
they said it should read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So not God in the flesh as you are thinking of him, they said to me. This was extremely confusing to me, and I said, well, how do you know this? And they pulled out their New World Translation, which indeed has that translation of the verse. I read it, and I said, well, where does this come from? They said, well, it comes from the Greek. And they said, if you understood Greek, you would know that it should be translated a god. And she said, well, do you know Greek? And I said, no, no, I don't know Greek. And she says, well, then let me give you some materials that will teach you a little bit about the Greek. And so she handed me their Watchtower magazine. And the magazine had an article about why it was not supposed to be translated the way the King James had translated it. I glanced over that. I skimmed through it. And I looked back at her and I said, uh, well, what do I do? And she said, well, you should read the article and then you will know. Uh, we talked a few more minutes and then uh, they excused themselves and they left and said they would come back. As I closed the door, I realized something. I realized I didn't want to take their word for it. I realized I wanted to know the Greek for myself. I wanted to know why all these other translations that we had and my father had around the, around the house said that he was God and why the New World Translation that could say he was a God. And I wanted to know for myself which one was correct. These ladies actually did not convince me that Jesus wasn't God. They convinced me of something else, really important, that I needed to learn Greek. And so on that day, I decided, wow, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study the Greek language. I'm not going to get into the whole question yet about John chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to spend a podcast talking about it in the future. But I do want to share with you the end of that story as far as the Jehovah's Witnesses go. It was probably about eight, nine years ago. I was upstairs in my office. I have a standing desk, and I was at my standing desk working, and I looked out the window, and I could see down into the driveway, and I saw a car arrive. And we live in a rural area, and I was surprised to see a car pull right up our long driveway to the door. And in the car were four people. Two people got out, two stayed in the car. And two ladies started walking toward the door. And I got so excited. In fact, <laughs> my uh, daughter was there and she was like, Dad, why did you run down there only in your bathrobe? Well, it was because I was so excited. I, I could not wait to talk to these Jehovah's Witnesses. And sure enough, I went to the door. I invited them in. I said, here, come on in. I've been waiting for you. I've been wanting to talk to you for so, so long. And so we sat them down and they said, why are you excited to see us in this way? And I said, well, because you asked me a question. Well, you didn't, but Jehovah's Witnesses, you asked a question about 30 years ago. And the question was whether or not Jesus really was God. And I explained to them how 30 years before, these two ladies had taken me to John chapter 1, verse 1, and had explained to me, according to their article, why Jesus was not God in the flesh, but was merely a God. And then I said, I want to tell you, I am so grateful to you that you all caused me to go out and study for the last 30 years. And I'm grateful because I can tell you definitively and absolutely from my own personal experience now, 30 years later, that you guys are categorically wrong. 
that it should not be translated a God, but it should be translated God. And that indeed, everything in the scriptures, everything in the New Testament points to the idea that Jesus indeed is and was and is incarnate God, God in the flesh. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait uh, to talk to them more about it. And I encouraged them to come back, and I would be happy to show them everything I had learned and show them the Greek and explain it to them and show them the passages in the scriptures. And uh, sadly, after they left, they never came back. I guess I'm not terribly, terribly surprised. However, can I just say this? I, I think a lot of Christians should have better answers for people who come to their doors whether it's the door of their house or just simply the door of their life. When people come into your life and they say, do you have an answer for the faith that's in you? We Christians should have a reasonable answer. And I believe they exist. Those answers exist. They aren't just uh, fictions. They aren't just imaginations. We don't have to go by feelings. We can actually share reasonable answers to questions. And, and Greek is a great tool, a great resource we have to be able to show people what is true according to God's word. That is what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to talk about the nature of the Greek language in Jesus's day. We're going to talk about what it sounded like. We're going to talk about how it's written, idioms, unusual expressions, and why it matters for us as believers to have a cursory knowledge of the biblical languages. I hope you'll continue to join us. This podcast will be published weekly on Wednesdays. God bless and Kyrene. The Greek Geek comes to you from the Finger Lakes region of New York and is brought to you by Tip Process Productions.